Good morning. I'm Ann Hostetler, Chair of Goshen College's English Department, and it is my pleasure to introduce to you today, on behalf of the Office of Multicultural Affairs and the English Department, our visiting writer, Francisco Aragon. Francisco Aragon is the director of Letras Latinas, the literary program at the Institute for Latino Studies at the University of Notre Dame. A native of San Francisco and longtime resident of Spain, Francisco Aragon holds degrees in Spanish from the University of California at Berkeley and NYU, as well as degrees in English from UC Davis and the University of Notre Dame. He is the author of Puerta del Sol, a bilingual collection of poems, which is for sale in the Goshen College bookstore, as well as the editor, editor of the forthcoming anthology, The Wind Shifts, The New Latino Poetry, to be released in the spring of 2007 from the University of Arizona Press. His works as a translator include six books, among them From the Other Side of Night, New and Selected Poems, and Sonnets to Madness and Other Misfortunes, both by Francisco X. Alarcón. His poems and translations have appeared in numerous anthologies and magazines. Coming to us by way of California, Nicaragua, his mother's homeland, and Spain, Aragon writes his Spanish poetry in what he calls a hybrid Spanish, reminding us that within a language, there are many different worlds of speech. Since he is the author of the poems in both English and Spanish in his book, Puerta del Sol, he prefers to call these poems elaborations rather than translations, suggesting the wider range possible for representing the world and our experience in it when one is fluent in more than one language. This morning, you will get a taste of his work in this convocation. There are also several other opportunities to interact with Francisco Aragon. At noon, he will be available to talk informally with students, faculty, and community members at Java Junction. Bring your questions about languages, translation, poetry, and culture. You may bring your lunch, or you can pick up one of the tasty snacks provided by the Office of Multicultural Affairs. And um, Francisco uh, will also bring some of the chapbooks he's published uh, through Mamatombo Press, which is a small press um, that he runs um, through Notre Dame. Tonight he will be giving a poetry reading in Newcomer 19, hosted by the Communicating Across Cultures class taught by Odalette Nance. In addition to reading from his work there, he will be focusing on issues of translation and cultural crossing. Tomorrow, he will be visiting both of my classes, the first one at 9.30, a poetry writing class in which he's going to run a poetry writing workshop. Um, that's at 9.30, also in Newcomer 19 and in my introduction to poetry class tomorrow at 12.30, he'll be giving a presentation on his journey as a poet and focusing on some of his small press publishing efforts as well. Let's give Francisco a warm welcome to Goshen College. Thank you. Thank you very much. I'm very pleased to be here. Um, it's going to be pretty simple. I'm going to read you four poems and a little bit of commentary uh, between each poem. Um, the first poem I'm going to read you comes from the book Puerta del Sol. And all the poems in this book were written in English, but then I elaborated Spanish versions of each one. So for this first one, I'm going to read to you the original English. 
And then to give you a flavor of what it sounds like in Spanish, I'll read you the Spanish version as well. Um, I lived in Madrid for 10 years, and one of the nice things about living in a place as interesting as Madrid are the many different cultural offerings that you have. And this first poem is a poem that I wrote in, in response to a particular uh, musical experience I had with a, with a jazz trio. And the poem is called uh, Café Central. Of the three, the one on his feet, a Dane, slightly hunched, his arms loosely hugging from behind the hip-shaped instrument of wood, his fingers punishing the strings, picking up speed as he grunts just audibly the notes of his solo within the piece his forehead near the rafters glistening till he gives the one from Catalonia at the keys who can't see a thing in or out of those shades, a look as if to say almost pleading, reel me in. So when finger and thumb strike, lighting the fuse, both player and bass are pulled back down between piano and drums, the three in the end hovering safely near the ground again. De los tres, el que está de pie, un danés, ligeramente inclinado, abrazando suavemente por detrás, las caderas de su instrumento de madera, sus dedos castigando las cuerdas, acelerándose mientras gruñe de forma apenas audible las notas de su solo dentro de la pieza, su frente reluciente cerca del techo, hasta que dirige una mirada al catalán que está ante el teclado, que no ve nada con o sin esas gafas de sol, como si le dijera suplicando, recupérame. Así que al tronar dedo y pulgar, encendiendo la mecha, músico y contrabajo descienden entre piano y batería, cerniéndose al final los tres, a salvo sobre el suelo otra vez. One of the other uh, experiences about living in Spain for the better part of the 90s um, was the experience of living in a country where terrorism was a very real uh, possibility. And the backdrop of this next poem that I'm going to read to you from the book is that, and um, it's called February Snow. And the you in the poem is a friend who was visiting Madrid with his family. February Snow. The tint of the sky between sunset and night. 
and wandering with you and your nephew in that maze, half lost, Madrid of the Austrias, looking for Plaza of the Green Cross, where, days before you arrived, an opal with false plates was parked, its wheels straddling the curb. And so the van heading for the barracks that morning had to slow to squeeze past. Back at the hotel, your mom is holding up her gift. Amethyst, she says, admiring how light, when passing through a prism, bends. At his window that morning, before we began, my student said, que bonito, watching it drift and descend, settling on roofs and cars. And I think of you and your wife and daughter getting to see Madrid in white, your visit winding down, and how I had wanted that lesson to end to get to the park. Retiro, they say, is the city's one lung, and the way the feel and sound of steps cease when grass is completely covered as if walking on a cloud. The year before, on a visit from the coast, a friend sitting at a window watched the flakes flutter and fall, dissolving before reaching the ground. Aguanieve, he said, while from a town near Seville, B-52s were lifting off. I was in a trance that week, though like most things, the war in the Gulf was soon another backdrop, like the string of car bombs the following year. And yet that morning, as soon as I heard, something led me not to the park, but down to City Hall, workers in the street, evacuated, sipping coffee, though I never reached the site. Of course it was cordoned off, the spray of glass, the heap of twisted metal, and so later learned their names their lives. Of the five, there was one, a postal clerk, who, as a boy, would plunge his hands into the white, the cold, a sweet jolt, whenever he got to touch the stuff, scooping it tightly into a ball, like the ones he would dodge and throw years later at his wife-to-be, those weekends, those places away from city air, a release, Miraflores, Siete Picos, Rasca Fria. It's in his blood, she would come to say, chatting with a neighbor about his thing for snow, the way it falls softly, blanketing roofs and groves, villages nestled in the Sierra's hills. It is February, and she is picturing him and the boy up there now, playing, 
horsing around. Let me read you two more. Um, this next one is a poem called Jugglers. And what I'll say about this poem, one of the things that, that I'm very interested about is how memory uh, works with us. Sometimes we might be walking down the street, we might hear something, smell something, or taste something and have that jolt a memory to the surface that we thought was long forgotten. And this is a poem about that, about how memory, me memory works. Um, and this poem is dedicated to my mother who, who passed away almost, almost 10 years ago. Jugglers. She and I on a bench eating prawns the first day of her 50th year and she points at two street performers about to juggle fire and a distant summer morning surfaces afloat on the light wind blowing off the bay. Older sisters in the dark hiding as Big Brother parades around the house, his hands outstretched, clutching large candles. I'm on a search, he shouts, marching from room to room till he finds them huddling in a jungle of clothes, beacons flickering as flame-hot wax begins to flow across his fingers. While she is walking to Centro Adulto, her head brimming with phrases, the words she needs so she can quit sewing, land a job in a bank. And the sitter arriving minutes late, finding us wet and trying to save a coat, a dress. It's a small one, nothing the green hose and frantic assembly line of buckets doesn't eventually douse, leaving walls and curtains the color of coal. Mira, she gasps, her left hand wrapping my shoulder, still pointing with the right as the torches from one juggler to the other begin to fly. And this last piece I'll read to you is a little bit longer. And this is sort of serve as a segue to what I'll be doing this evening, which will be primarily uh, reading uh, translations uh, from mostly the Spanish. This is a poem. It's a very liberal version of a poem by the Nicaraguan poet Ruben Darío. And the inspiration for his poem is the life of St. Francis, in specific, uh, the legend of St. Of, of, uh, Francis taming this very um, mischievous wolf, is one way of looking at it. And, uh, but he gives, he gives the myth a twist at the end. Uh, in, in, in the original myth, St. Francis tames the wolf and everyone lives happily ever after. But in, in, in this version, it's a little bit more complicated than that. And I call the poem, uh, The Man and the Wolf. And I'll end with this. 
His heart, the texture of a rose. His tongue, a swath of sky. His manner, delicate, now chatting with what many call a beast. The look in the eyes, rabid, black. On the skirts of the village, devoured sheep and shepherd alike. Men skilled with iron were routed, fangs shredded hunting dogs like baby lamb. So out he went, looking for his den, found him outside it, from where the animal lunged at the sight of him, then saw the hand rise, heard him say, peace be with you, brother wolf. The, man, the mammal knew that gesture, snapped out of it, and froze. Oh, it's you. Why, asked the man, must you lead this life? The blood your snout spills, the grief and terror you meet out. Peasants sobbing, who are children of God, does this please you? Are you from hell, or perhaps consumed by some eternal ire? And the wolf, subdued, said, winter is hard and hunger worst in a freezing forest that yields nothing to eat. It's true, I looked for livestock to feed on and did, and ate shepherds too. As for blood, the hunter on his horse, gripping his metal, pursuing boar, bear, and deer sheds more. I've seen scores of them inflict wounds, torture God's creatures, and hunger is not what drives them to hunt. To which the man responded, evil exists in humans. We are born with sin, but the simple soul of a beast is pure. From this day on, you'll have enough to eat, and you will leave the people of this land and their flocks alone. May God appease that side of you. Okay, it's a deal. As a gesture of faith, extend your paw. Let's shake on it. The wolf did as asked and lifted his foot. The man wrapped his fingers around it gently squeezed. They headed for the village. People could hardly believe their eyes. The wolf strode behind the man in the robe like a family dog, his head bowed. Every man, woman, and child came closer until the whole village had gathered in the plaza where the man began to speak. Let me introduce a new neighbor, he said pointing to the wolf with an open hand. Fear him not, he is our enemy no more. In return, I'm going to ask that each of us do our part and feed him. He is, after all, a creature of God. The village responded as one, so be it. The wolf raised his head in acknowledgement, moving his tail from side to side, disappeared through the gates of a convent, the man ahead of him. 
For a time, the wolf was at peace in that place. His ears would fill with psalms, his eyes with tears. He learned how to move with grace, to play pranks in the kitchen. When the man whispered his prayers, the wolf would pass his tongue across his sandals. Out into the street he'd go, through the valley, over hills, into homes where people gave him things to eat. To them he seemed a docile hound. And then the man had to leave for a time. The sweet wolf, the good and gentle wolf, vanished and went back into the hills. The howling began again. Once more, people were filled with fear, villages nearby with dread. Weapons and valor were useless, the rage never letting up, as if something burned, smoldered inside the beast. The day the man returned, villagers sought him out, wept their complaints about the suffering inflicted. That infamous creature was at it again. A shadow passed over the man's face. He headed for the hills to track him down, that butcher of a wolf. He found him at his cave. In the name of the Father who sees it all, what have you got to say for yourself? As if in pain, the animal spoke, his mouth foaming, his eyes nearly swollen shut. Don't come any closer. Peace and calm were my masters these days. Even with you gone, I visited the village. When given scraps to eat, I chewed swallowed in silence with gratitude. But I began to see in many homes how people treat each other, embers of greed, intolerance, lies glowing subtly in countless faces. The weak were losers, the cruel winners. Brother made war on brother, Male and female were like dog and bitch. And then they began to beat me, considered me weak for licking their hands and feet. I believed you. All of creation were family. Men, my siblings, oxen too, the stars, my sisters, my brothers, Worms, but they picked on me, drove me away. Their laughing was like scalding water, reawakening a beast. Suddenly, a bad wolf is what I was, yet better than most of them. And so the struggle to survive took over, to defend myself, to feed myself like the bear does, like the boar, who, in order to live, must kill. So let me remain here, wild and free, and you, my friend, back to your people, your good and tender deeds.
deeds. The man didn't say a word. Deep was his gaze. Then he walked away, tears on his cheek. His heart, touched with desolation, offered a prayer only the wind in the forest could hear, carrying it skyward. Thank you very much. Thank you very much for your attention. I hope you'll, we'll see you at more events. Just two quick announcements. There will be real food at the Multicultural Monday, Odalette tells me. And uh, if you would like to subscribe to Broadside, um, which is free, uh, email Sarah E.R., Sarah Roth, and you will receive jugglers as your first signed poem of the year. Thank you. <laughs>